millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, this is what I want people to do, actually. Yeah. If you don't know who it is that I'm speaking to, I would ideally, before you start watching or listening, please go and have a look at this man's socials. Tell him your socials, please. Your socials are TikTok. Yeah, I'm there on TikTok. Yeah, you're I was supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, but it's for the it's for everybody at TikTok. Uh, what is it? Shavino Seven, and the Instagram is J Seven Health. Right. J. Yeah, is it J7 Health Javino? That's what it is there. Just type in Javino, man. You'll see me and just be inspired. Watch, share it, and hopefully you enjoy it all, man, everyone who's watching. That's exactly what happened to me. I I came across your socials a while back, yeah? And I'm like, I'd look at your socials and I just feel mad inspired. Fuck then, man. like, it got to a point where, like, I'd see your socials just come, pop back up and that, and I'd, like, I'd just send it to someone. I'd be like, oh, yeah, have a look at this and that. And I was like, nah. I got to a point where I was like, nah. I need to have a. I need to. I need to reach out. I want to have a conversation with him. And um, and I actually thought I had already done it. I think maybe because I'd spoken about you so much, yeah, that in my mind I thought <laughs> I'd already like messaged you or whatever. So when I went and checked the message thread, I was like, oh, no, I didn't even do that. Mm. And then like, obviously I hit you, and then we just like now we're here. But bro, like when I look at your socials, yeah, and we'll get into everything in a bit. Like I, I feel so many different things and the one thing i would probably say is like i feel motivated um i feel very inspired mm. but like also on top of that like i feel it feels so good to see a brother like putting in this type of work and doing it because it's not even just about what you do mm. it's how you do it yeah. um before we get into all of that stuff, yeah, I want to kind of get to know you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I want to know, like, a bit about your background and also, like, who, where and who helped you shape your morals and principles? Chuck, I'm lucky that my family, bro, my dad, I've got brothers, I've got an older brother, my cousins, we're super close, man. My family, uh, I've got a... A togetherness, a solid, a solidarity that not many families have, man. And growing up, every my dad taught me and my brother so many lessons. As young men, you feel me? Yeah. And then, as we've gotten older, me, my brothers, my cousins, my dad's, the, my dad's raised us all. And as we've gotten older, I've never been short of people. You get some people, and this is why I put so much stuff into the youth now, where. A lot of young people haven't got that older brother figure. No. Not that they used to. You know, back in the day, we saw our big mamas and aunties and uncles. This new generation, there's not as much as that as what it should be. And growing up, I was blessed that I always had somebody to put me in check. Right. Or somebody to say, you know what, do this. Yeah. Go that way, do that. I always had somebody. And growing up as, as the way I did, man, luckily that my dad, me and my dad are total opposite, bro. Me and my brother, we total opposite, but I'm the mad one in my family. But my cousin Trevor, my brother Tyrone, and my dad are the ones that will always kind of humble me and tell me if I'm being 
acting a certain way. They ain't right. got, no, you know what I'm saying? And I'm lucky because with me, my energy, because I'm a bit, I'm a bit, bro, my energy's mad. I've been like this since I was a kid. So having somebody with so much mad energy, it's always good to have somebody, people around to tell you whether you need to circle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To, like, to help you channel that energy. 100%. Because when you, when you do have so much, you want to, it comes out in so many different ways, mm-hmm. isn't it? But having that, like, having somebody that can help you guide and, and mm-hmm. channel that energy is, like, can do great things for you. 100%. Like, as in, like, growing in from a boy to an adult, yeah. right? And one thing my family always taught me, like, and one thing I've learned from a long, long time ago is, bro, I ain't afraid to be myself. I ain't afraid to be myself. So what happens now, especially with young people, just not even people, anybody, like us in this room, can somebody be themselves 100%? And the answer is usually no. I'm talking 100%. I'm talking, yo, anywhere you go, can you be yourself 100%? Mm. And I've learned to do that. Right. What I mean by that is, I don't ever filter me. Whether I'm here with you, ITV, BBC, anything that I'm doing, I'm turning up as me. I ain't, I ain't negotiating, I ain't budging. I don't negotiate. You're lucky today I've got trainers on, but I would usually have sliders on. But usually when I come London, I've got sure. sliders on. Man, I'm stepping on my sliders. <laughs> so, so I've had to put trainers on. But what I mean by that is, like, because I'm not afraid to be myself, I'm not afraid to get judged. So what I mean by that is when somebody... A lot of people are scared to be themselves because that comes with judgment. Someone's going to judge you and comment and say certain things. And sometimes it's a bit, you know, if I get judged, some horrible truths may come out. With me, I ain't, I'm going to be myself Monday to Sunday on any platform I'm on because I'm not afraid to get judged. Because if somebody judges Javino, only thing that you're going to expose is a brother that's pure-hearted, that's right. doing something from... Right. From, from a real sincere place. The only thing that you're ever gonna expose is somebody that's really gifted. Right. And I don't mean that in a boastful way. I believe that I'm gifted, bro. What, and I'll, let me explain what I mean. Your gift is what you can do better than other people with ease. Michael Jordan, basketball court is gifted. Georgie Best, Paul Gascon used to, you always, always hear stories about them two. I'm, I'm a sportsman, I'm an ex-professional athlete, so I studied athletes and I used to hear stories of Georgie Best and Gazza turning up drunk but still on that soon as it's go time Georgie Best is bagging a hat trick I believe that my gift is bro there's nobody on this planet I can't motivate into better health there's nobody on this planet that I can't make fall in love with exercise you could be I'm talking people that I deal with on the daily people that are counting down to their last breath terminal illnesses terminal cancers stroke disabilities I've got no problem with going out and give me half an hour I bet you I can make you smile and laugh again right because people forgotten how to laugh and smile. You got to think we're young people, healthy people. We take things for granted. Mm. The way the world is right now, you know, people forgot to smile and laugh and have fun and enjoy themselves. A lot of people don't even actually, they're just existing and actually living. So when I come across people, my gift is that I ain't never afraid. I don't ever come across anybody that go, that tells me whatever their situation is, their disability, the elderly, whatever's going on in their life and go, my only ever approach is, all right, then cool. Give me half an hour. Mm. I bet you I'm going to make you laugh, smile, and enjoy. I'm going to make you, I'm going to take you out of your reality. What your what your reality could be dark, cold, lonely. You, I'm going to take you out of that reality and put you into a world where you can laugh and smile through the pain. With dealing with the people that I deal with. When you're trying to influence someone's life and change someone's life, I look at it as a blessing, Chucky, where if someone's ill, and they say to me, you know what, Javino, I choose you to help me. 
I'm putting my life in your hands. You best believe I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna fail on that. I'm gonna give that my best. I'm gonna put everything into it. And if you're trying to train, like I said, it's not your regular, typical gym clients that someone's just trying to. I see you in the gym, Chucky. I see him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I see him. Yeah, there's a body arriving. Get me zooming on yeah, his arms yeah, and like the body body's arriving. arriving. Yeah, there's a body yeah. arriving. Yeah. But like I said, no offense. Right. Most people go to the gym for whatever reason. These right. a lot of the people I train, man, it's a lot deeper than just getting some muscle or whatever. So that relationship, if that person doesn't trust me or believe in me, mm. it won't work. Right. Someone's going through cancer, stroke, dementia. They need to see me. I need to be naked in everything. Not literally, but as regards to my emotions, who I am. They need to see me as who I am so that they go, you know what? Fuck with it. Let me, so if I give them something, they will give, and then it's just like a, a synergy of energy and love and relate, like a conversation. And you can't do that if you fake, if you fronting, because especially elderly, elderly people, we all know elderly people, bro, that you can't, you can't front around elderly people, you know. Right. They know when you're tripping, they know when you're being fake, and they'll call your ass out. And then I've learned a long time ago, because especially years ago with elderly people, you cannot not listen pay attention because they will address it. They will put you on the spot and make you feel that big. So they taught me a long time ago, make sure you listen, make sure you pay attention and make sure that you're honest because if you're fake, we're going to call it out. Right. I've heard you say that you don't like the word gym or PT. I hate it. Why? You see a gym. If you say, if you, if I'm a, I've been to more or less every gym in Manchester. I'm a gym guy. Mm. You now with your newfound muscle and body and that chucky, yeah? When you go into gym, be honest, how many times have you been to a gym facility? Mm-hmm. And even you, as a young, confident man, it can be a lonely place. 100%. It can be a bit of a place of intimidation mm-hmm. where you not where you start questioning certain things and that person looking at you, you feel a bit intimidated. And I think, what if that was your mom or your nana or your 100%. auntie? So the word gym now has become a bit of a word. That's a bit of a scary word that a lot of people, even me, bro. You know why I come, every time I come to London, I go gym in London. Just to take, well, that, well that's the strategy that I use for myself to take myself out of my comfort zone, to be in a position of um, discomfort where I've got to think and prepare better for what I'm doing. Mm. So when I come to a gym in London, why do I feel intimidated? Me. So what if that's my mum or my auntie or someone that's ill? So the word gym has become a scary word that a lot of people don't want to fuck with it because gym oh it means that and there's going to be that there's going to be that so I want to change the definition of gym mm. so that if you're a 50 year old lady with dementia uh, if you're a 70 year old lady with dementia if you're a 50 year old lady who's had a stroke if you're a 27 year old man who's just out of shape and want to get into health and fitness that word gym shouldn't be a scary word that, w- that word gym should be a word that you go you know what it doesn't make me want to back off it makes me want to go to it so that's why I call my place a health centre because I wanted to redefine the word gym because I do feel like it's a it's a bit of a bullshit word now. Just like personal trainers, like this is like this, this is what goes back to what we were saying before about being myself. Years ago, everything that's happening with me now, I'm so grateful and I'm so blessed. This shit could have happened 20 years ago, but I chose to stick by my guns and go down my road. You ain't never gonna see me with my top off. Yeah, yeah, flexing with baby oil with my six pack and nipples out and semions. I don't do that. Twenty years ago, people was trying to get me to do photo shoots with just being a dude, another dude with his top off, flexing muscles. Yeah. I said I ain't selling sex. I'm selling inspiration and real organic, like you know what I mean, motivation. So I never went down that road. 
And I, I stopped by my guns. People used to say, yo, why you got sliders on? I said, I feel liberated when I got sliders on or, or barefoot. But mm. love, you see all of my videos, I ain't never got shoes on. Yeah, because no, Because no. that's me, I feel that, I feel connected, I feel free. I feel like that's how I can perform better. But the industry, a personal trainer, you have to do that, you have to dr I said, you know what, I don't like the way it's going. The word personal trainer now, they're just corny fools. A lot of them are corny fools just out here trying to, try to show off the bodies. Just like with the gal, them showing off the booties all the time and where, where, where. I've got kids now. And when I when I, in my facility, the amount of young girls that come in and there's such a pressure, man. I feel so sorry for him to look a certain way. You're yeah. okay the way you look now. And then I've noticed it now with the boys. How would it look if I'm walking around my gym with my vest on? No offense to people that do that. I'm just talking, I'm not saying my way is the right way yeah. or nothing like that. It's just my principles. If these young boys and girls look up to me, do you know how intimidating it could be me walking around with a vest on? Because mm. these boys now think they have to be hench. They, 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 they're obsessed with looking hench or looking like this. And it's scary because when I was growing up, we didn't have that. But now every single young person that comes into my facility, the girls have got a really an overwhelming pressure to look a certain way and I think at 14, 15 just yeah. be who you are you'll find the way you are as a young boy or girl you'll find a way you shouldn't be worried about looking you know what I'm saying Yeah, it's pressure and that's how kids end up having quite a few mental issues yeah and then they like it, like people are doing all kinds of madness to themselves at a proper young age mm. and I said um, I said this on the pod before but I was like we're not we're seeing the effects here yeah, of people feeling the pressure of needing to look a certain way or, you know, like do a certain thing. But we're not fully seeing the full effects of what this looks like in 20, 30 years yet. But you see when we do, you see the level of like body dysmorphia that is mm -hmm. gonna be floating around. It is going to be absolutely insane. I even say, even say bro, like um, young, young men, or men in particular, like overwhelmingly commit suicide a lot more than women yeah, do, yeah? yeah? But I do believe that that is gonna level out a little bit because of body dysmorphia. I think because people are trying to do so much on falling, crumbling into this pressure of being perfect, yeah, which doesn't even exist in the first mm -hmm. place, when it gets to that point of it spiraling out of control and not being able to consistently maintain it, and it, you've gone so far to the point where you don't even look anywhere near like how you should look or what you're supposed to look in your natural state, people will not be able to stand the sight of themselves. And that is going to now breed a whole next level of like the Great Depression yeah. in my mind. Anyway. Just, sir, I, to I totally agree, I couldn't agree anymore. And the way, the way I try and combat that truck is, bro, any, any given opportunity, I try and emphasize my imperfections because I know people are watching every opportunity to shout from the rooftop my imperfections I do it to let people know it's a state of mind if a young person not even a young person anybody has got a mentality that's so strong where you know yourself and you're cool with yourself and you actually like yourself you don't give a shit so any other opportunity you know what I do I do that to let people see my hairlines going over all my, my, my sporting injuries I've got a knee surgery, Achilles surgery. So I've got one big calf and one skinny calf. I let that be seen. Sometimes if I'm in the gym, because I'm working out so much and washing my hands, foot them dry, hands them dry, I let that be seen. On camera, I don't ever take two. 
I let people see them and when people see the videos, I say, I don't give a shit. I don't care because my imperfections are perfect to me and I'm cool with it and that's all that matters. And if young people have got that mentality, even now as adults, how many adults do you know? They are, they're both joking, banter about the hairline or weight or this and that. But we've become a society that's so obsessed with aesthetics. Yeah. We've lost certain characteristics that a king, just loving yourself and it sounds corny, innit? it? And this is why sometimes people make it weird because it sounds corny. But if you love yourself and you appreciate yourself, and this is why I say to all, do you know how many times every day I always ask people when they come in, even grown, it started off with kids talking. You'll see a video I'm going to send it to you in a bit where it went mad viral while I'm saying to the youths, tell me two things you like about yourself. That's the question I used to, they come in, I say, yo, tell me two things you like about yourself. Uh, uh, uh. They don't know how to answer it. And I said, why is it, is it weird? How do you not know two things you like about yourself? It could be your hair. It could be that you're good at football. It could be that you're sick on your game. They don't know how to answer the question. So now it's become a thing in my facility. Two things you like about yourself. And one day I said, yeah, adults are no, no different, you know. So when the adults come in, I say to the adults, yo, name me two things you like about yourself and you'll be surprised how many people go, uh, uh, uh. Mm. Chucky, name me two things you like about yourself. Two things I like about myself. I love um, the confidence that I um, exert when I record pods. Um, and I think the other thing that I like about myself is that I feel like I, I like my compassion. I like the fact that I'm able to look at not just what affects my life, but what can affect other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I can, and I try to maneuver in a way where it's like, you know, to give a, to give an example, I'll give you an, a direct example for it. For it um, in fact, I used to be in a WhatsApp group with a few of my brethren, yeah, people that I've known for a long time. In this group, these lot will just diss each other mm -hmm. all day. What I'm talking about from four o'clock in the morning <laughs> on a Tuesday till, yeah. till uh, one o'clock at night on a Sunday. That was just their thing. But their jokes, as far as I was concerned, were a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm. So for example, man would get dissed about his bald head. But for me, it's like, I'm not, I don't want to be the party pooper. You know, I'd be in the group and that sometimes I might like, you know what I mean? I might laugh a little bit or whatever it may be, but I'm not taking part in it because do you know what? In my mind, maybe he's got a bit of an insecurity about the bald head. And I don't want to be the person to feed into that. Mm. So I kind of, that's like the way that I sometimes think and maneuver in life. And it's like, how would I feel if somebody did that to me? I yeah. feel like one of the biggest things in life that, I think one of the maddest things in humanity anyway, is that nobody understands until it's them. Mm -hmm. And I don't like, I just don't, I just try not to be that guy in it. So I like the fact that that's my thought process. 100%. But see that question there, I beg you, or this next week, couple man that you know that may on the surface be that dude loud and confident, ask them that question and they struggle to answer it. And it tells you a lot about a person when they can't name two things. You see what I'm saying? And what are two things you like about yourself? Well, I love that I'm real. I love that I'm, I don't budge my, my characters, my, my personality. The way I am, I don't I don't budge for nobody. And what I mean by that is, I'm only show love. I support love. I'm a supporter of love. I'm, I don't support hate. If I meet somebody and I connect with them, I I don't I don't. You get a lot of people now that when they meet people or they brown anybody, they kind of chill, don't they? Until till it feels alright, and then they start showing glimpses of who they really are. I'ma show you Javino from the second you meet me. 
And if that backfires in the future, so well, but if I meet you or if I come in contact with you, I'm very naked with my emotions and who I am. I'm going to give you me. Mm. And then whatever happens, happens. And I love, one thing that I really love about myself is my uh, my ability to, my physicality and my ability to get that to other people. Right. I've been a beast from when I was young. I don't really broadcast certain things that I've achieved in cricket or powerlifting that I do now but I train for me but I've got a great ability to pull that out of people I've got a great ability like every single session with the people that I train you know what I say to them every single session I'm going to make you do something today that you never thought was possible mm. every single session I'm going to make you do something today that I that you never thought you could do and by the end of it I've never failed mm. and that's what I mean about there's being physical, as I said, and this is why the word PT annoys me. People nowadays, it's all about you looking like a Greek god with all your eight packs and biceps and triceps and all, all the steps. But can you bring that energy in? Can you bring that to the person that you're training? Because mm. if it's just about you, you shit at your job, really, aren't you? It's about can you, whatever you got, whether it's personality, energy, a great exercise database, can you bring that to the person? Can you get that to another person? Mm. And that's what I feel like. I've never failed that I can get that to other humans. You've said that you were sick. Um, it just made you sick at the way that disabled people had been treated. Yeah, man. Talk on that a little bit. There's, oh, bro, I've been training people. I know, I know I look young, yeah? Oh, I've been training people for 23 years for free. Well, I've been training people for 23 years, the disabled community and the elderly. I've been training them for 23 years as well, but I've never took a penny of them for 23 years. Right. Never, ever, not a single penny. And reason that, reason being is that we live in a society now, man, where it's uh, people say things that they don't mean, clout chasing. Example being, you would have seen it, Chucky, someone's sees a, dis uh, 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 a person that's homeless. Instead of just getting that person a sandwich and giving that person a sandwich, People on the back out the phone and say, look, I'm here with so-and-so giving them a sandwich. Just give the person. You see what I'm saying? So now, if you're doing something from the purest, purest part of your soul, there ain't no NatWest down there. There ain't no TSB. It's just me and that person. So when I'm doing something and I'm trying to do it in the most pure-hearted way, money, finance doesn't come into that conversation. And then years ago, man, I just, again, like I said, there's no filter to me. If I see injustice when it comes to health, I'm going to always speak on it. And there's so many situations I could talk about. But one that I rarely talk about is years ago, man, I was doing a session when I think I was 16, doing a session on a field in Sheet Mill, like a multi-sport session. And there's a family of Asian people that I knew. I knew all the kids. I knew the uncles and the brothers and that. And they were playing cricket. And I seen the, this old man that was with him. Shout out Ishmael. I hope he's all right. And I seen him, and oh, the look on his face, bro, I'll never forget it, look on his face, yeah. He was desperate to be involved. And he sat there, and I'm watching, I'm doing my thing over there with a group of lads. And I'm watching this man, and I'm thinking, he's in his wheelchair. He, I'm, he's desperate to be, he's, he's looking at them saying, I want in. Ain't nobody getting involved with him. So I stopped my session. I stopped my session, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I walked over, and I said, you, man. I said, who is he to you, lot? And they went, yeah, it's my granddad. Oh, it's my dad. It's my uncle. It's this and that. So I said, so is he the head of your family? I went, yeah. 
So Ishmael basically had an, he, he came, he was able-bodied and he had an illness and became wheelchair-bound. So I said, this man gave you, man, everything. The foundations that all you guys have got now, all that happiness, all that joy, all that energy, the spring in your step that you look, he gave you the foundations to have that. How dare you not let him get, get him involved? If that's your dad or your uncle, or your how you let him sit in that chair as if that wheelchair is him for the rest of his life? So I said, you know what, this is what's, what's all going to go on. So I called Ishmael over, rolled him over, put him down on the cricket pitch. And I said, you man are going to bowl to him for an hour. Every time he hits the ball, you ain't got to do nothing. If he hits the ball, you cool. If you bowl and he misses the ball, yeah, someone's doing press-ups. Someone's doing burpees. And I made the whole family for an hour bowl at him. Brother, the look on this man's face, yeah. And you know what he said to me? The, the, the most the beautiful thing about that situation was I came over to him at the end. I said, don't ever let nobody define you. You can't let a situation define the rest of your life. You still got life to live. You still got jokes to bust. You still got you still got life to live. Mm -hmm. Don't ever let nobody take away that power, diffuse your power, and let and tell you that this is you. Your disability is now you for the rest of your life. Don't ever let nobody take away that power. And then his wife come over to me and Chucky, bro. I'm not even trying to be corny or anything like that. This woman gave me a piece of hug, bro. That touched my soul. Mm -hmm. A hug where it was purely from the heart. She didn't let she didn't let me go for five minutes. And she was crying and she didn't speak English. But I knew what she was trying to get from that hug. And then Ishmael said to me, he spoke English. Uh, he said, it's the first time since his illness, 20 years, that he's felt alive. And think about that statement, to feel alive again. And that from that day, I never changed my approach. I didn't care if your family was about. I didn't care who, where, where. I don't care who or where I was. If I see somebody and I can see that look in the eye, you know, that... that they require some kind of hope or some kind of benefit. I'm gonna give it him, and I, I, I didn't care whether the family was there. I didn't care. That could have gone sideways. Right. That could have gone really sideways. Family could have come over and said, "Yo, who are you? We're doing a family thing here. Go away." But from that day, I said, "That's my approach," because you ain't. They ain't no different for me. Anybody with a disability, cancer, a wheelchair, cerebral palsy, they ain't no different to me or you. So why should they get treated any different? And rather than getting patronised and people speaking down on him, mm. treat them normal. All anybody would want in this world is normality. And that's the key to everything that I do, treating people as normal as I can. Yeah, some, it does sometimes as well feel like there's a light stigma in how people feel like they should deal with disabled people. Yeah. And what is interesting to me yeah, is that like, uh, from my experience, on the estate that I grew up with, there was a couple of people that were disabled. But as kids, and because we grew up together, we just didn't even really know no different. We were just all just mm. playing and just doing our thing or whatever. But I feel like as you get older, there's like something that changes. There's almost like a shift in some people's minds and they don't know, it's almost like they don't know how to deal with it. And I, I'm, I think I'm gonna refer to this um, a few times, but I lost my, um, my, who I call my bonus dad, my stepdad, um, he had a brain injury mm. and um, and which then like his speech suffered and then like the right side of his body, well, yeah, the right side of his body wasn't able to function as great and whatever. And then like it got to a point where he was um, bed bound, yeah. And like sometimes it was really difficult watching some people come and then talk to him like he was a baby mm -hmm. or like he was stupid or like, you know, like, 
That that was hard for me to watch at times yeah. because I'm like, that's this is it's still him. Do you get what I'm saying? Instead of even though he might not be able to communicate the same way or whatever, mm, you don't him. need to change the way that you speak to him. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like just like be just be as normal as possible, and that's the key to it. And that's what people don't understand. That's the key to it. Like I said, everything that's going on with me, boy, so humbling. But I look back and go, you know what? Man, I ain't do nothing mad, you know. I ain't do nothing crazy. I'm just treating people normal. Give you a joke, Abdul Rahman. Shout out Abdul. Yeah, Abdul's one of my youngsters. He's a blind footballer. He plays football for Team GB, but uh, the blind team. This boy's bad. Man's got the wickedest sense of humour. So now, if you come in my facility and you're late, yeah, you best believe you're doing burpees. Even my wife, my woman, my wife gets so mad. She comes in there. I say, you ain't no different to nobody. Yeah. Yeah, well, at home, you're the boss, you understand? Yeah, but right yeah, now, no, I really. need that tent. Yeah, I, yeah, I need that tent. Yeah. So, Abdul now, yeah, is, is my boy. He's got the sickest personality. So, when he comes in late, give me that stick. I say, give me them burpees. And pe- the first time I did it, people went, I said, what, what, why is everyone... Is he no different to is he is no different to me, you or anybody else, or what cause he's blind and he's got a disability? You want me to go, oh no, Abdul do I said drop and give me them give me that yeah. fucking ten. Drop and give me that. Yeah? We'll, we'll talk about the disability yeah, later. Later. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You little dick. That's what I cut you little dick. I told him. Little shit. And the fact is though, Abdul wants it like that. Mm. He would hate for me to treat him like mm. like he's some baby or some pitney. And that's out there, man, I think, especially now that I've got kids, I've got two little boys, man, and I think, God forbid, touch wood, anything wants to happen to my boys. Yeah. All a parent would ever want is normality. And you know what, Chucky, Chuck, I, I know I talk forever, we'll touch no, on what, what you said I, before. I love that. About your dad, your, st- your, step, your bonus dad. Yeah. Like, did you love this, man? To bits. Hear this. My auntie... Big mama died three years ago, yeah. That's queen of my family, bro. Like this first I'm 37. First time in my life that we had a death that shook my family to the core, like to the, like mashed us all up. So now, what do we all say when somebody dies, bro? Give me any, give me any I'll, I'll do anything to spend two more two minutes. Give me an extra day with that person. I'll do anything, I'll do anything on this planet to spend one more day with that person, couple more hours. When I'm training these magical people, yeah, especially the elderly ones, I'm giving that family extra days, weeks and months with that loved one. So God forbid that day comes and it has. Do you know how many people have said to me? This is what I mean. It's more than PT shit. The conversations that you have with your trainer or whatnot, it's not the, these ain't the conversations that I have. I have people saying, Jay, but... An example being uh, Beth, Bethany, one of my ladies that passed away a couple of years ago. But well, she tried so hard, man. Like before, a couple of years, two, two, three years before she died, she was grafting every day. This train turn up with all the old ladies and she's doing the steps and press ups against the wall and she's going in and she'd never slow down. When she died, they said if it wasn't for what she did with me, she could have died five years ago. Mm. So her commitment to training with me give their family five more years of wonderful memories with that lady. And there's money can't buy that, bro. Money can't buy them kind them kind of them kind of statements that they give to me and I can and I see the the power in what I'm doing and it goes beyond just exercise. Do you know what I mean? What made you wanna specifically work with people who have disabilities or 
are going through a serious health condition. I didn't. This wasn't a plan. My brother, Jace, I like I said, my 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 facility. I've written it down 15 years ago on a piece of paper in my mum's kitchen. Still got the piece of paper at home 15 years ago. Six years ago is when I opened it. So it's been alive to me for 15 years in my heart. But it's been legal, company's house legal for six years. Yeah. <laughs> but when yeah. people ask me, I say it's been 15 years. Last, that's when I first created it. But 20, 20, 23 years ago when I first started training people, this wasn't the plan. I just seen something and just without I didn't question I just something that I just naturally instinctively did when I seen somebody that was disabled that wasn't getting the, the attention or elder that like wasn't getting the attention and it's just spiraled mm. into what it is now. It wasn't a plan. Mm. It was just I can't I can't I can't lie and say it was a plan. I can't even tell you why I did it. I could have been in that on that field that day, seeing Ishmael and thought do my thing, I'm getting paid by the council to do this cricket session. But I couldn't, something about that day, I couldn't. And there was a situation in Withenshaw with a young boy in Withenshaw, Manchester, same thing. Seeing this young boy in there, in the gym, getting trained off one of my staff at the time, at Manchester Council. And this boy's big, strong, strapping young boy, you know, he's sat in his wheelchair. And I'm looking at him with the one kg weights. And I'm thinking, you got more in you. Mm. And then he's, the trainer left to go to the toilet. This youth got up out of his chair and walked over to the drinks. Mm -hmm. I bro, I lost my shit. I'm not, I was eating. I was eating the tuna sandwich. <laughs> sat outside. <laughs> Seen it there. And I bust through the door and I said, don't ever let nobody make you feel like you have to stay in that chair. Mm. So I said, for 40 minutes, I've watched you sit down with a 1kg dumbbell doing that. And I know you got more than you. And then when the trainer come back in, I got in trouble for this. I said, yo, go home. I said, I got this. And for the 20 minutes, I made him stand up. I made him stand up and I made him lift the three kg weights. Right. I'm not a bully, but I said, I know you got more in you and I see it, even if you don't see it. And this is one thing that I love about me, the questions that you ask. I see beauty and magic in people that they don't see. Right. And I said to him, you got more in you. Even And I made him stand up for 20 minutes. And then he was gassed, blown out of his ass. He sat down and it could have gone peak because his dad was massive. But I remember looking there, his dad was massive. Mm. The better was... Big ball that he dude, like a biker dude, bare tattoos, and I'm looking at him thinking, shit. Anyways, dad's come over, same thing, give me the biggest hug, bro. I started crying his eyes out, meaning cry for 10 minutes, and he said, no one's ever spoken to him like that. As a dad, if he says to his son, you're being lazy, you can do more, shut up, dad. Yeah. He's supposed to kind of, re not reject your dad, but it's your parents. It's your parents. You yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said for the first time, he's never had anybody speaking to, everything that I was saying, he said that he's been saying to his son, but because he's coming from daddy, it goes in and out. And he gave me the biggest hug and to see this big monster of a man crying was so emotional just because of what a lot of 20 minutes that I spent with his son. Mm. I kind of knew from them time there that, you know what, even though I know I'm the best at what I do in the world, this to particular group of individuals, people, is where I think I can kind of uh, create the most magic. Well, like J7 Health Center is like, it feels like people know this around the world now yeah. because of what you've done and the socials and whatever. But how did you like, how did you actually get the gym? Like, how did that happen? Like, just getting a gym and building a gym is not just a, a simple thing, so is it? Like, did you not, have? It's not. Type of it's a hard. It's a. It's a. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Now I'll, I'll tell you the truth. But sometimes when I speak to people, I always try and let them know. 
You know when you really want something, yeah? Ain't nothing that can stop you. When a man's got the right mentality, and this is the thing, people try and open businesses with topics and things that they like that ain't good enough. If you love something, bro, it could be a tsunami or a tornado, ain't nothing gonna blow you off that path. Bro, when I opened six years ago, you know how many years of saving up? Because I knew what I wanted to do. See how much money I saved up by myself from 10 years ago? Because I knew. I had a pot of money, I had socks in my house that were labelled J7. Because I knew one day that that money would go into my facility. Do you know that one time I went to a place in the traffic centre in Manchester and I bought 15 uh, slam balls, 15 slam balls, like medicine balls. People thought I was mad. This was seven, eight years before I even opened J7 because I said, yo, this look a free grand that I'm going to put on these balls. I know that when I open my, that free grand less that I've got, you see what I'm saying? So I invested and believed in my things so much from so long that when I did actually find the facility, I had a lot of equipment already because I believed in myself and I, and I bet on myself. You always hear people saying bet on yourself. I bet on myself in the sickest way, bro. Even when people didn't see it or believe it. Do you know how much, mat I, bro, I had 30 mats. I used to collect mats. Years and years, I used to go, I used to go Asda, you know when you go TK Max sometimes, and you see the mats and the kettlebells. I'm stacking that. And people are like, what were you, what you, what you buying some? I said, eventually, I'm gonna open J7. And then the day that I opened, one of the sweetest things for me ever was the day that I opened, I looked at all the equipment that I already had and I was proud of myself that I stuck to my guns. Even though a lot of the equipment that I, that I had was old now and I had to get new ones, I was proud that I, I stuck to my thing. I believed in myself and I invested in myself even when nobody else thought about it. Mm. Tell me about Josh. Josh, eh? Josh is my boy, man. Josh is a special kid. People that I train have taught me lessons about myself that I didn't think I needed learning. Like They taught me things about myself that I never knew was even an issue. Josh is a young boy that I train. Several balls that he lost his mother a couple of years ago. But he's such a... His mentality, man, he's unbreakable, bro. Mm. You get... In the, and this is the thing, again, with the gym and the PT shit. Ego. People portraying that you're unbreakable and beast, beast, yo, you don't know shit about beast mode. Nine out of ten of these men that talk about beast mode, you think because you wanna, like I said, I don't post certain things online because I don't want people to think that I'm being beast mode. But you think beast mode is lifting, lifting pure heavy weights, squatting mad weights, so doing that ain't beast mode, bro. Beast mode is when you're terminally ill with cancer, yeah, and there's a countdown to your last breath. But you still say, you know what, I'm a gold gym. Mm. I'm gonna train. Or someone's got an illness where they've told that it's degenerative, what's the word, degenerative. It's not gonna get better. It's gonna get, every year it's gonna get worse and worse. It is not fixable. But guess what, on Monday you're gonna see me. That's beast mode. Or, or you've got a condition that limits you in so many ways. Limits that. Limits everything. You can't even scratch your nose without aid. You can't go toilet without aid. You can't drink a, a glass of water without help. Beast mode is the people that have got to go through that every day and continue and try. That to me is beast mode. And Josh, to me, that's the most beastie motherfucker that I've ever met in my life. Because some of the things that he does and some of the things that I put him through. He's incredible. He's incredible, bro. And he humbles me. 
he humbles me like in so many ways because no matter what I put him through, the next session, Jay, what you got for me today? And the harder it is, the more beastly is, and that to me is beast mode. There's a couple other people that I see reoccurring on your thing that I want to ask you about just quickly as well. Um, Tommy. Tommy, big Tommy Wu, man. That's I saw um, I saw a video of you in him and you were getting him to, there's like, I don't know what, it's like a metal pole mm-hmm. and you're getting him to push it through yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. And like the way that like, you're filling him with like confidence, mm-hmm. yeah, that he can actually do it. And he's like, He's going for it. He's done the first one. He's done the second one, but then he's struggling on the third one. Mm-hmm. But it's the confidence that almost is it. Like it gives him a whole next level of like energy. He stops. Mm-hmm. He takes a breath, and then and he bam, goes. and he does it. And it's like, how do you watch that and not feel something? Do you get what I'm saying? You just nailed it. You just took it, bro. The most powerful thing on this world, bro, is having somebody that believes in you. You're talking music, athletics, sports. You don't need a, you don't need a million people to believe in you, you know. If you got somebody that actually believe, like one person that believes in you, bro, you could do, you could do backflips with mermaids, bro. If you know that person that's riding with you believes in you more than you believe in yourself, you kind of go, I have to do it for him. And with Tommy and any of my people, like I said, like, and the scary thing is I've only started recording recently because I wasn't about the clout, but when I seen the power that it's going, well, when I'm talking to these people, like, the most of the magic doesn't get captured on camera when I'm saying to Tommy, I know you can do this, Tommy, because I want you to be able to get your arm up there because I know you can, because I know you want to be able to hold your granddaughter. Come on, Tommy. But like, when I'm saying to him, I'm looking in his fucking soul because I believe in him. And then he does it. And then when somebody does something, it's the most empowering. When somebody does something for themselves and they achieve something for themselves, there's no better motivation than that. And that's the thing with, with Tommy, that he's a, he's old school Tommy, old school mank. And he's very like in his ways, but his level of self-motivation inspires me. Mm. If, you hear, if you hear him on the videos, all I'm doing is, I'm just a director. Tommy's saying, come on, Tom, up, Tom. You hear him? He's a, and I think, how amazing is that? Man's 87, but yet he's still not giving up on himself and still has the ability to say, come on, Tommy. So why don't 21-year-olds do that or 18-year-olds or 30-year-olds say, come on, man, you got this. But because too many people now are looking to be saved. They want, they're looking for somebody to fall down the rope to say, yo, help me. Where Tommy's the prime example of, yo, help your damn self. Whatever you got today, that's what you give and help yourself. And I'm just lucky that I'm a witness to that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, there's one other person, um, Kira. Kira. Yeah. That's my girl, man. Talk Kira, to me about Kira. Kira's a new, one of my new girls. Bro. My behavior is explained a lot by uh, my level of gratitude for life, big man. My level of gratitude for life. I, I, like I'm Jamaican, I was born in Spanish now. Like, I'm 38, I'm healthy. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids, beautiful family, Careful. beautiful business. Man can get up and go to the toilet. 
I can go kitchen, make a sandwich. I can drop on the floor and do press ups. I can scratch my head, Chucky. I can take off my sock. You see what I'm trying to get at? I can sit on the toilet. If I drop my wallet, I can bend down and pick it up. The world is a strange place and sometimes people are unfortunate and come across situations where them kind of daily things that we do every day, every day that we don't even think about, bro. Sitting down, standing up, going there, standing, making a cup of tea. A lot of people get that snatched away from me. That's how cruel life can be. And Kev is one of them unfortunate ones that something happened, uh, she had a brain aneurysm and she had to have chemo to sort it out. And then unfortunately the, the surgery and the chemo fucked up her nerves. She was a young, beautiful young girl who's now had to learn to walk again and learn how to kind of just be be a young woman again. And she's she's so persistent. She doesn't moan, she doesn't complain. And she humbles me again where I listen to, how many times you listen to somebody complain about something mm. and you go, you ain't got a clue. What are you complaining about? Like I say every day, it gets me mad when I ain't gonna lie. I was speaking to somebody the other day. I said, look at us all now. Three brothers in a room. Look at man's got Air Max on. Chucky, you got a, a beautiful white bet. Look at your t-shirt, nice jeans. Man's there with a G-Shock, bro. You know what I watched last night? Sky Sports, big man. You see what I'm saying? I watch Sky Sports, bro. There's people that, to wear a G-Shock, to, to put on a pair of jeans to wear some Air Max. So these are things that we have every day that are nothing to us. Bro, there's people out here, that's a dream, that's a fantasy, that'll never happen. Last year, me and my brother and my cousin, we sent my uncle in Jamaica his first toilet. He's 70 odd years old to receive his first toilet. So, cause I approach life with that level of gratitude cause I know what it's like on the other side. Mm. I understand when these things get taken away from people like Kira to have certain things taken away from her as a young girl. It's so heartbreaking, but it's so it's so empowering to me to see her response right. and how she now carries on living her life. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I, um, it makes me think a lot about Peter, it does, because I, ah, it's weird, man. Like, I think at the time when all of this was going on, I kind of just was, I just got on with it from a place of like, you know what, I'll, I'll never forget the day yeah, where um, I was at my mum's because there, there was something going on and they didn't know what was going on. They've gone to the hospital or whatever. They've realised that something's happening, isn't it? So then they, they needed to go back to get the results. And I remember them coming back and they both was just like, the mood was, I can't even describe it. And I was like, well, what, what, like, what, what were the results? And they said, um, basically, yeah, like his, he, he, he's got, if he has, if he doesn't have, if he has surgery, he can have 18 months. Um, and, but if he, no, if he does have surgery, he can have 18 months. If he doesn't have surgery, you know, it'll be like under a year. And this is a person who's able to move and do things normally and all of that type of stuff. And um, my my mindset at the time was very much like, you know what? We're going to support each other, innit? Like, we're just going to do that. We're just going to support each other. Whatever it's going to be is going to be, but we're just going to do that. And I think when he had his surgery and lost his speech, 
he didn't even really realize at first how bad it was. He was thinking that we, he's thinking he's saying things and we're just like, he couldn't understand how we don't understand him. Mm. And I always remember the day when he took his phone out and he was recording himself talking and he played it back and he became that really demotivated and bro, in my soul, yeah, like, that was like really difficult mm. to watch, you get me? But then like, my main thing was, you know what, if I could just give him some type of confidence, you get what I'm saying? Like, and make him feel like it's, it's, it's okay even though we know it's not okay, but just mm. give him some type of escapism. And I got videos on my phone of like, when he's, he wasn't able to move the right side of his body or whatever, but like, we would do exercises and stuff like that. And like, I'd show him like, oh, you know, like resistant bands mm. and whatnot. And there'd be times when he couldn't do certain things, but the moment that his confidence could be lifted in some way, he could do it, that he could do it. And yeah, man, I hold on to that. I feel, I think at the time, you know, everything was happening so quickly, whatever. And I was so much in that focus of just making him feel as comfortable as he could possibly feel, mm -hmm. yeah. But I think over the time, like, like since he's passing, I always go back and I think, right, like, how, how much, how deep was he like emotionally affected by this? Because it's such a big change in his life. And it's the same with Kira, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, she's one minute, she's okay. And then she has this thing and it just changes her whole world. And it changes, you know, like family and all of these different types of things. And it's like, it's, it's very difficult to deal with. But that bit of confidence that you provide and that you instill just, even if it's even if it's just it comes in the form of them doing something that yeah. seems so small, it's so massive, bro. It's so massive. It does so much for them. Hundred percent, bro. And I hear this now. I can see you getting emotional here, and it's good. So now let me ask you a question. How long have you been on this gym, Tim? I've been. I trained in and out of gym for years, like probably. What is that? Like seven years. Seven, oh, this years. is so now. Let me to explain to you. That's how you be getting the best shape of your life. I don't get it twisted. If I take off this top, it's a madness. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, <laughs> but listen, that there on the real, that there is how you get in the sickest shape of your life. Where if you understand that, bro, you think ain't no ain't no pain like heart pain, you know? See, heart pain now is there's no pain like heart pain. So all that that you just said then. You bring that into the gym. So when you understand how grateful you are now, so look at this now. Let's say if I'm deadlifting, yeah, I deadlift, I powerlift, innit? I'm a team team GB powerlifter. So I won two years ago I won gold in the European Championships with a deadlift. Mad. But when I when I what is it? It's one of them well things done. that thank you, brother. This is one of the things that I don't really broadcast because it's for me. I train for me. Mm -hmm. I don't train for people to go, yo, you're a beast. Yeah. yeah. But I what in the context of what we're saying now, look at this now. Bro, look at what strength is to me, yeah. So one of my ladies called Auntie Veronica, rest uh, R I P on TV. Beautiful Irish lady, yeah. Make sure look how wicked this is. How strong this woman, the strongest woman I've one of the strongest people I've ever, ever come across and been privileged to meet. Auntie V came to me, 11.56. The class started at 12. 
come to me at 11.56 and gone, Jay, can I have a word with you in the office? So that's how she speaks very old school Irish. Took me in my office and she's going, right, listen, word for word, boy, if I'm lying, I'm fucking dying. She went, right, I've got cancer. I've not got long left. I don't want nobody to feel sorry for me. I don't want none of the girls out there to know. Promise me that you're not going to tell him. So I've gone, where? So I said, Auntie V, how long have you got? What, what, what? She's like, don't know, don't care, but just don't tell nobody. I want to live my life. Give me, started crying, I started crying. Give her a hug, she left out. Went in the room, bawling out in the room. Left and started in my classroom, but OAPs that I've done for like 15 years. So I've done it for 15 years. I used to do it in the church. When I opened J7, they all came to me in my facility. So when I opened J7, straight away they came. So I'm doing the class now. I looked up at the clock, yeah, 12.14. Auntie V is getting down to some Sam Cooke. She's boogieing out to some Sam Cooke. No, not Sam Cooke, Jackie Wilson, sorry. Jackie Wilson, boogie, boogieing out to Jackie Wilson. Life and soul of the party. And I sat there going, you just told me 14 minutes ago that you're dying. You're going to die soon. Yeah, you've not told nobody and you're out there skanking your little legs away and everyone's buzzing. And I couldn't believe it. And I started crying in the class. And one of the girls went, Jay, you all right, love? And I went, ah, oh, it's hay fever. Kind of blagged it. But I couldn't believe the strength that I was witnessing. The fact that you just told me what you said. So then now, you go, you bring that kind of story into the gym. You think when I got 240 on that bar or 250 on that deadlift bar, you think that's strength? I'm going to rip that motherfucker like it's, a, like it's a rose out of the garden because I know what real strength is. So growing up, you think that real strength is what we were talking about. That gym pain ain't shit, bro. Them burpees, them squats, them squat fuss, them biceps, them shoulder presses, them bench press. When you're shaking, I can, leave, I can live with that all day. Because I've seen real strength. I've seen strength on a different level to what physical strength is. Does that make sense? So now the next time you're in that gym, bro, when shit's getting real, you think about some of the shit that we spoke about today or some of the shit that you spoke about with Peter. Bro, that, that gym strength ain't shit. In the mm. gym, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, facts. And then every, so every time I'm doing a big lift, mm. I don't think, oh shit, there's loads of this on the bar. I just think about some of the people that I've dealt with mm. and the strength that Josh shows, Kira shows, mm. Auntie Veronica RIP shows. And I think about them kind of people and that's real strength, bro. And that makes me go, you know what, this, 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 whatever's on this bar, light work, I can deal with that. Mm. See what I mean? Heart pain, man. Is it emotionally draining or difficult yeah. for you? Horrible. Talking that. Yeah, it's horrible because I, I don't do this for clout. This is my real life, so I love these people. This ain't no bullshit. This ain't no gimmicky stuff, like the PT stuff that we talked about. This is people that I generally love, so especially the older ones, I've lost so many over the years. How do you deal with that? You can't, man. You, you deal with it just like losing. Uh, the way I deal with it, actually, is if you ever come, if you ever do come to Manchester, and you just come down to, come down and check out the, my spot. All you see is pictures of my people that have passed away. There's two pictures of Auntie Veronica, uh, Margaret, Debbie, uh, Peter, like whenever I do lose him, I get pictures and I put them in the gym so there's always a constant reminder. I put pictures of where Monica passed away the other day, I put a picture of Monica, where she used to sit. Because these are not just, these are people that I've known for many years and I've trained them for many years, so 
when you lose the elderly ones, it's horrible, man. There's nothing you. I bought the, the scary thing with me, and this is why I never have a bad session with him because I know there's a countdown. I'm not dumb. I'm not. I, 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 I'm not stupid. I know if I'm training somebody who's in the eighties and they're already quite ill, I know that maybe. I know shit's coming, so that's why I make sure that every session I'm gonna give you the best. Every session I'm already. I've, sounds horrible. I've already started the countdown in my head. Mm. Because I know that in five years, you may not be here. So that means every session, I'm going to give you the best session of your life. Every session, I'm going to give you the most magical session. Because I know that we are running out. Especially for the elderly ones. Yeah, of course. Because uh, they're, naturally, they're elderly as well, isn't it? And mm. their bodies, is, it's a lot different, difficult for them to fight mm. certain things or whatever else. It must be like, not to compare people's struggles or anything like that. But it must feel or hit a little bit different when someone's really young comes in. That's like going through a, a a really mad health condition, right? So, one of my youngsters. So I've trained obviously cancer patients for free for over two decades. One, the other day, young boy man in his thirties, terminal cancer. My age, bro. These guys, he's a little bit younger than me, but he's chosen me to spend the rest of his life with. So he's probably got six months. Man, he, he ain't coming into the gym frowning or vex. He's got spring in his step. Man's chosen that he wants to spend the next six months training with me. And he, oh, bro, you look at it and you go, oh my God. Again, it's, it's a different form of strength that makes you question life and everything. You see what I'm saying? And it, it makes you treat people different. So when I'm dealing with people like that, Nobody can come to me and moan about certain things now. Because how dare you moan about what? You ain't got the new the newest kicks. What? You ain't got what? Uh, money in the bank to buy, to go to Mexico. One boy said to me the other day, yeah, getting depressed, man, because I'm trying to save up for Mexico. I said, what? You think that's a problem? That you can't go to Mexico? You think that's a real problem that you can't... When I'm dealing with people with things... It's two different worlds... So it makes you look at the light. And that's why even with my wife and certain people in my family, they get it because they've seen, they know and they know what I go through every day as regards to these kind of situations. And then this is why sometimes on the outside, people get people come at me, say, yo, how can you be like this every day, Jay? Are you gassed every day? Every day is not a happy day. And I say, I know every day is not a happy day, but every day is a happy, every day is a happy day to me because I'm here, it. I could be in a bush in Jamaica, but I'm not, I'm here. And there ain't no countdown to when I'm taking my last breath, just like there ain't no countdown to when you're taking your last breath. So shut the fuck up and just live life and appreciate that you're here and appreciate that you can stand up, sit down, appreciate that you can turn your neck, appreciate that you can scratch your back or your head or your nose if you want, where other people haven't got that. And that's what I mean, because I put so much into it, bro, it's draining. I am exhausted. How, but how do, you, how do you deal with that bit of it? Training training and then I try to as much as I can <laughs> I get away from people bro like this weekend my wife and my kids we went and my mum and dad we went to Wales some cabin in Wales nothing but sheep bro nothing but sheep and goats and cows <laughs> but that there is bro it's so liberating to yeah. me do you know what I'm saying Yeah, it's so liberating and it it kind of recharges your batteries in a great way but it's so emotionally taxing what about one of my girls called Amy, right? Beautiful. Shout out to Amy, man. Amy's 
beautiful young girl with cerebral palsy, she she was in the Ariana Grande bombing. Mad. And the maddest thing is, right, she, me and mine and her, every morning, she texts me this morning, I love you. Every morning, she messages me, says she's on holiday. She messages me every morning, tells me that she loves me. She, some, some, a kid from London rang me, said he had, a, he had known somebody on TikTok who is a big fan of mine. And could you ring her and make her happy because she's become a bit of a recluse and she's obviously what happened at the bombing, she's not in the right headspace. So when I assumed she's from London, and then when I found out she's from like Manchester, I said, fuck that, I need to meet her. And then she just cried on the phone for half an hour and then I got her down. Me and her have been so close since then. But she was in the bombing, bro. Young girl like that, I had to go through an experience like that. And I think it makes me feel really lucky. Because I can say, every, every, I know we've all been through shit in life, but I can honestly say I've never been through nothing like that. Mm. Yeah, that I've never that been is. through nothing like that. And then, I don't know if you man have ever been through anything traumatic like that, but I'm thinking most people should put their hand up and go, you know what, thank God I ain't never been through nothing traumatic like that. And a lot of people that I come across have been through horrible situations. And they come out the other side mm-hmm. sometimes with, with a next lease of life. Some, but some, some don't, innit? Like some don't. Mm. Some obviously find it very difficult to be motivated to like, to, to continue and and I and I understand it. Yeah. Um do you do you see a lot of family abandonment? Yeah. I I have had a lot of dramas with parents, girl parents bro, where I've got amazing parents and family who will support like bro, no matter what happens with you with your child, that's your pitney, that's your child, you love them regardless. You find you see a lot of men who struggle. A lot of men. Not that there's. I've not to this day. I've never really seen a mum who struggled. Like bro, a mum will look at their child, rightfully so. So proud and just happy when they're when they're training. You see the you see the the mums looking at him and they're so happy and buzzing. And when they do something and they get the whole gym to applaud, like if Amy or Josh does, the whole gym will bam just go mad. You see the parents so proud and happy. I've had a few dads. I don't know whether it's a struggle to accept that you've got a disabled child. Mm. I'm not saying that they don't love their child, but I think it takes dads a little bit longer to come around. I've had, I'm not going to name his name who the child is because obviously if they see this, they might know. But I've had a couple, quite a few dads where I've had to pull him and say, yo, you better start changing your face because this person that you're bringing to me is a gift. They're not a burden. So... If they're doing something amazing, how about you pay attention? How about you get off your phone and you actually watch your child do something magical and then say something, encourage your child, be present with your child rather than treating it like me. Why? You know what I'm saying? And that's what you get with quite a few dads and I've had to pull them outside and I ain't going to lie, I'm not going to lie to you. It's gotten a bit heated. I've I've had to say to a few dads, yo, don't come in my gym again. It's not your child's fault, but I love you. I love your child, and I'll give your child everything in the world, every every bit of my soul and energy. I will put that into that beautiful child. You, you can go sit your ass in your car because I don't want to see you. Because if you're not going to come in and actually pay attention, like what that does, what does that do to the for the child? Wrong energy, innit? It's the wrong energy, bro. And it's main, like I said, with a few uh, a few fathers, where you see it. 
Yeah, it's madness. I think like for some people, I think for a lot of people, yeah, they feel if they're being honest with themselves that like having a disabled child or a child, yeah, a child that is disabled or has some type of disability is like a catastrophe. Yeah. And I think that's quite, that's a shame mm-hmm. to feel that way. Yeah. Really. Some people don't deserve him, fam. Some people don't deserve kids. And one thing that I put, I put this out the other day and it went a bit mad in a good way. But I put out a video saying, yo, if you go into an environment that you don't feel welcome, you don't feel appreciated or loved, that environment doesn't deserve you. So you go elsewhere. And I think that's the same with certain parents. They don't deserve, like, they don't deserve kids. Because when you sign that contract to be a mummy or a daddy, whatever comes out of, whatever it is, whatever, it is whatever. Doesn't matter what, what that child comes out, whether that's a boy or girl or able-bodied or disabled, you'd commit to being a dad there ain't no, there's no negotiating. You love that child unconditionally regardless. And it's a shame that you see parents that they won't admit it. And I can't say that it's not a love thing, that they don't love the child. But I feel like it's a bit, do you know what I'm saying, Chucky? I can't put my finger yeah, on it. Yeah, do you know what it is? I've know, I feel like I know what it is. Ultimately, you just want, most people, when they have a child, they have in their, they have in their head what they want that child to be before yeah. the child's born. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that thing is like maybe what they've, what you see in a book, what they've read. You know, like the fairy tale stuff, things you see in the movie, you know, things that you just see outside. Yeah. And so when, when that is, t- when that is, when it doesn't seem like that is the likelihood for them, it feels like it's a loss, that something's mm. being taken away mm. as opposed to, you know, reshaping the mindset mm-hmm. is there anything that like is there anything that people could do whether it be like us or anyone that could make your life easier bro I say to people all the time and bro you know what the nice thing is yeah sometimes I look back on some of the shit that I said and I say oh this corny brother man but no, I, not, I mean it from the bottom of my heart only thing that people could do for me is keep on sharing my shit because it's beautiful to everyone knows somebody disabled or elderly or, or ill and it's the most organic most beautiful thing that you will see when you see people something so wholesome so carry on sharing it and gives other people some happiness but the main thing is bro we, we, we live in a world where people don't really look at people you know if you look at somebody Chucky you can see what I go on, you know. You can see when someone's pretending. How many times have you been in a conversation with somebody and you go, yeah, you, you're right, you're good. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, nah, you ain't good. You can see you can see when someone's fronting. We live in a society now where people don't actually look at people. They look over them or they look through them. you got to look at people. If you actually look at somebody, you can know whether they need a bit of a pat on the back or whether they need some words of encouragement. You can, you you know when somebody needs a hug, bro. And, and that's that. I'm, I'm not afraid to say that as a as a as a man, bro. You can look at somebody and go, you know what? I'm gonna give that. She, yeah, she needs a hug. You can see she's going through some shit. You can see the way she's looking at man that she's going or he's going through something. Bear man, I've give hugs to mm. big grown men. And then, bro, 
You feel them. You feel what you can. You can hug somebody and you feel them. You feel the love, and it sounds corny. I don't care what anybody says. It sounds corny when I when that when that young boy in Wivenshaw, his giant monstrous dad. When I hugged him and me and him hugged, I felt the love through his chest, bro. Mm. He meant that hug. And I think the only thing that people can really do when it comes to disabled people and elderly people, look at him. Look at him and don't look through them. And bro, notice him. A lot of people don't get noticed and just to be noticed is a wonderful thing, you know. Just to be seen. Just like Ishmael when he was playing cricket and he was sat there and his family didn't see him. And I brought him into a position where they actually seen him. Hopefully that can change that family's life and his life and just to be seen. And I think that's the message that I always want to put out to people, notice people and see people. What is one thing that um, people need to know about? And it could be anything. So I don't know if you've like, there might have been a doc that you've read, I mean, a watched or something that you've seen, a brand that you like or whatever. Like what is one thing that you've seen of recent that you feel like people need to know about? Could be a, it could be something that you've seen on 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 the net, Instagram, okay. could be a brand, you it could be one, anything. You know one thing that I've seen that I, <laughs> I watch religiously? You ever seen The Last Dance by Michael, the, the, no, The Last, it's called The Last Dance, yeah, the, the Michael Jordan thing on Netflix. No, yeah. what is the it? Last, it's called The Last Dance, isn't it? Google it. Yeah. The Last, on Netflix, it's a Michael, docu, Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance is called. It's like a, Oh yeah, of course, yeah, 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 I know what you're book. talking about. Yeah, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've think, seen that. I think, yeah, it's called The Last Dance. I think Dance. people should watch that. Yeah. And the only reason I watch that all the time. I've watched it probably about twenty times. And the only reason why I watch it, I like the lessons that it teaches, man. Yeah. When you see this man's dedication to his craft, when you see this man's honesty to himself and the people around him, I look at it and I try and go, I've got a bit of that in me. Mm. He does certain things and I go, Yeah, I do like that's a bit of me. And it empowers me. But I think the last dance is I just think it's a really empowering documentary and I think people should watch it and just try and take some lessons from it, man. And it's like, I know that's a bit of a mad one. And the lady told me he's going to ask me a mad thing like that. The lady on the phone, I can't remember what her name is. Shilla. Yeah. She's, by Shilla. the way, honourable shout out to Shilla. She, when you see these types of pods, she um, works with me and like mm. helps me put, because at the beginning of the year, I said I really wanted to just, there's so many different types of people I want to speak to. Mm. I wanted someone that was going to come and help me like bring yeah. that to life and she's done that she's yeah, she's brilliant, she's yeah but the last dance is fantastic man i think people should watch that even if you're not a sports fan so to speak yeah and just see the journey that this man took and the ups and downs he lost his father you seen it in it big man yeah, yeah sick. he lost his dad it's, it's one of the, the best documentaries had, oh, that's come out in a long man. time it's, it's and sick. the way he had to bounce back from losing his dad isn't the criticism yeah. and one thing that i love is that i seen it even two days ago one thing that i tried to do is Bro, I'm not available, you know. I'm not available. I'm getting to the point now where I can't go through 10,000 comments a day, but I'm not available. And what I mean by that is there's so much negativity and hate out there. I take myself out of the situation where I'm not available to all this jealousy and hate. So this is why with the comment section, I'm not really in the comment section of TikTok or Instagram because I'm. if I do that, I become available to people saying whatever. Nine, nine, nine out of 10 comments are, are amazing. You'll always get one idiot saying some stupidness. And sometimes as well, that one idiot like can affect the way that you do things or take you out of your circle yeah. or flipping, make you just, you start exerting a, a piece of energy that doesn't even need yeah. to come out, bro. But uh, bro, like 
I, I appreciate you, bro. Well, I appreciate you um, for the I think, like, what you do is incredible and mad inspiring. And, like, you know, I, I could only imagine that the people that you work with love you to the deepest degree. Mm. And, you know, people that sit and watch some of your stuff, whether they're from Manchester, England, or, like, all the way in Australia and that, yeah. I know that there's so many people around the world that could just look at 15 minutes of what you mm. do and it fills them with... it. Get, you know what it is? You see going on Instagram quickly, yeah? You know, like, sometimes it just releases this endorphins where you go in there and flip in, you know, it can trigger something because you start thinking, oh, my God, like, I... I'm behind in life, I'm mm. this, I'm not, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, and it trigger. it does all kinds of stuff, yeah? Your thing is, when I wa- when you watch it, it's like, nah, I can, I, it, it does something in a positive light, yeah. and I respect that massively, bro. Yeah, 100%. And, and secondly as well, thank you for taking the time to come to Oh, 100%, I wouldn't have missed this for the world, man. Yeah, yeah. When my brother this watches, I didn't embarrass <laughs> you, <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, listen, honorable shout out to everyone that watched. Thank you for listening to that as well. And my G, we'll come and we'll do it again. 110%, point, yeah. 110%. Love. Thanks for listening, everyone, yeah? Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.